Welcome to Pet Will Radio, a unique show about amazing animals and inspirational people. With your host, author, animal advocate, and attorney, Peggy Hoyt.
running with it. So I decided to try working with our two cats. We had a fabulous Maine Coon cat called Puppy Tiger and a tuxedo kitty named Peach. And they were using my husband's very expensive speakers as scratching posts. Not good. <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, they were going to lose their life or at a minimum their home. And so I did this process with them that I just felt intuitively guided to do. And to my astonishment and delight, I got to experience an intimate, mind-blowing conversation with them. And afterward, they stopped using his speakers at scratching and posts. It was done. They did never use it again. It was, it was amazing, just miraculous. And so I went on and I practiced and I tried working with all kinds of animals, dogs and cats and horses. I wound up working with Grand Prix, Olympic horses. I worked with show horses all, of all sorts, um, racing horses, a dressage, hunter jumper, cutting horses, world champion, cutting horses, you name it. I did all sorts of things. And as I say, the rest is history. I went professional in 1993 and I've never looked back. Wow, that's an incredible story. I'm really excited to hear that you and I also share um, a common background. Um, so that's interesting, and uh, and it's nice when we can make uh, our passion part of the way that we um, exist in the world. And um, I, I had a similar experience where I thought I was going to be a veterinarian, but ended up in law school, and then. Uh, figured out that really my passion was um, helping do planning, and it just made sense that if we're going to plan for our families and our children, that our pets are part of our family. So we might as well include them too. Absolutely, it's so important, so very important. They, they, they need to know what's happening, what the decisions are being made for them. They need to have a voice, a say in what happens to them. Well, I think that's important, and as we get into this conversation today, um, maybe you'll take some time to share with us some things that you've learned from uh, some of the animals who have lost their pet parents and, um, and, and some of the feelings that they may have shared about that. Um, I know you've uh, mentioned that you say that animals saved your life, but what happened exactly? Yeah, thanks. That's a it was a very trying time, I will tell you. I, I had a really difficult childhood. I grew up a, only the only child in an isolated rural area outside Austin, Texas. My best friends were animals. And I was known, I became known for being able to befriend animals of all kinds, domestic and wild animals. I could hear their voices and I understood them at a very, very deep level. Um, in fact, one of my first jobs was a horse wrangler when I was 12 years old for a summer camp. I took care of two thoroughbreds and four, uh, five, five Shetland ponies. <laughs> that was a fun summer, wasn't it? It was a fun summer. It was. The youngest, um, uh, the five-year-old Philly had never been trained to do anything. <laughs> she was fat, and let me tell you, sassy. Uh, and they wanted me to teach her to pull a cart and to be ridden that summer. So you can imagine a 12-year-old toe-headed uh, young girl trying to teach and take care of all these horses and figure out how to train um, Pearl. Uh, that was quite an experience. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Anyway, all right. So when I turned 12, unfortunately, the other thing that happened to me is I became manically depressed. And I was suicidal by the time I was 15. My mare, Maisie, was the closest, dearest friend I had. And every night after my parents went to sleep, I would go to her, I would throw my arms around her neck and cry into her thick black mane. And she'd look at me with those big brown eyes and I would hear her voice. I would hear her sweet, loving voice in my head and she would say, what's wrong, child? And I would just pour my heart out to her. And she would listen, and then she would counsel me. She gave me great advice. Sometimes she would show me a completely different way to look at things that were bothering me that were just mind-blowing, just like, oh, wow, you had never thought of that, never, never even had a clue about that. Sometimes she would make me laugh. She had a very fine sense of humor. Um, and so I would survive one more day. And when I turned 18, I left home, and I was mostly stable, 
thanks to her and my other animal friends. So that's why I say they saved my life. You know, and I, I know they've given me purpose. In the rough times of the rest of my life, I've had animals to help me through those. And I know pretty much everybody that has animals in your life, if you love animals, you've gone through something rough, you know how important they are. Absolutely they are. And um, I understand that you have one beautiful dog that's part of your life today. Tell us about her. I do. Um, Timmy is our border collie. Uh, he's a fabulous angel teacher, guide, and healer disguised as a, as a border collie dog. Um, he is. Uh, he came to me from my partner. Uh, my partner, his daughter, rescued Timmy. I uh, was in pretty bad shape when she found him. And uh, my partner took him took him in, and uh, when I met him a fairly short amount of time later, Tim and I took to each other like we were long-lost friends, and in fact, we were. So um, Tim is, is just one of the most amazing dogs in the world. He's such a sweet, sweet spirit. He knows and is good with anything and everything. He loves little people, big people, all kinds of dogs, all kinds of creatures. He has a big, big heart. Such an amazing guy. I love him. As border collies really can be. So I've, I've met some amazing border collies in my life. And uh, I, I think I'm going to share this because it's, it's circulating on uh, social media right now. But we're in the midst of a political crisis where we're talking about a border wall. And the best, um, the best example that I've seen was a, a wall with four or five border collies sitting on top of it. And I think that's the kind of border wall that you and I could get our arms around. <laughs> I might even go visit that border wall. That's exactly right. And uh, and since we know that pets make us happy, it would probably mm -hmm. be helpful for everybody to visit that kind of a border wall and to uh, learn more about how border collies can make such a wonderful impact on our lives. So tell us about the Hart School of Animal Communication. What does the, what does the oh. school do, Val? Oh, cool. Um, the Hart School of Animal Communication, and that is at learnhowtotalktoanimals.com. Learnhowtotalktoanimals.com. Um, it's, uh, it's an educational track. It's a series of um, courses that, that you can take and do anytime you want. Uh, it, we host them for you, so... If, you know, if I update them or add any bonus or anything like that, you get that. Um, the other cool thing is there's a, um, there's a free book there for you. It's a free gift for your audience. It's called Hidden Secrets to Communicating with Pets. You will love it. Um, I think, Peggy, you just got your copy a little bit ago. I can't wait to hear what you think about it. Looking um, forward to reading it. Yeah, it's very cool. It teaches you how to send messages to animals. Anywhere, anytime. It's really simple. Once you know how to do it, uh, you just go through the steps, and, uh, and oh, my God, it opens things up for you. The next step is either the Animal Communication Made Easy course, which is a short course to help people get started, kind of like an introduction, a mini training. Then there's the Complete Beginning Core Foundation course, the Advanced course, and Advanced Animal Talk um, specialty course and then there's the animal talk coaching club which is i think the best coaching club of its kind in the world it's we have a, a vast a wonderful community of animal lovers all over the world um several different levels of membership so you can come and play at this level that suits and fits you whether you're a newbie or you're a little more advanced or you're you're going professional right you love this this is your passion so um, that's the heart school really lovely. That sounds really exciting and um, I'm sure that anybody who um, has pets and is interested in learning more about animal communication, this would be a great opportunity for people to check out. Um, I'm, I'm floating around on Val's site while we're talking and so you can uh, join me at valhart.com and check out all the good things that Val has put up here. So another thing that I see on your site, Val, is body talk for animals. What's that? Uh, the body talk system is a healing system. It's one of the fastest growing alternative energy healing techniques in the world. 
Um, and there's a whole segment of it for people, most of it's for people, but there's a lot, uh, there's another whole track for healing animals. Healing is one of my specialties. It's one of my genius zone um, specialties. It's one of my areas of brilliance. So a lot of my work is about helping people and pets feel better. Uh, the body talk system is, it, it actually accesses all different healing modalities. We can work with the, the psychology of the brain, the physiology in the body. We can work with Ayurvedic medicine, uh, oriental medicine with the five elements, different energies like chakras and meridians, um, environmental influences, consciousness, body chemistry, huge long list. Anything that the body needs, we can go there and put things back together. It's really quite brilliant. Um, Dr. John Valheim created it. Uh, there's a whole page on my website that says everything you need to know about body talk. <laughs> so uh, you'll have fun looking at that. It's, uh, it's, it's wonderful. It's one of my favorite healing modalities, although there are quite a few others that I've been learning. So, yeah. That is exciting. <laughs> and uh uh, the first time I was introduced to animal communication was many, many years ago. I had a uh, wild Mustang that I adopted when he was just a baby. And um, when he was seven, um, actually when he was ten, he started having seizures. Oh. And he had seizures for more than seven years. And oh. I know a lot of people probably would have given up on a horse with seizures, but I wasn't willing to do that. And um, so that's when I first became aware of animal communication, and I, I met a lady, a wonderful lady, who was able to communicate with Tahoe and, um, and share some very valuable information with me. And, um, and we actually became very good friends as a result of that, um, that opportunity where he brought us together. But um, I know that there is a lot that we can learn um, from our animals, and uh, it sounds like the body talk um, healing session for animals is something that's really exciting. It, it is. It's very exciting. I, you know, this is my go-to modality. We see changes out of this every day uh, with the animals that I work with and the people. I work with you as a set. You know, you're you're drawn together for a reason. Animals in your life for a reason, and they mirror you. There's the phenomenon of the human animal body mind connection. It's how you mirror each other. You carry each other's stress. You feel each other's pain. Uh, they can carry our illness in their own body, which makes them as sick or sicker than it makes us. Uh, there's all sorts of things that we need to look at when we're resolving a health problem. You know, it, it, I'm very good at finding problems even before the vet can find them. So if we can reorder the body mind so it functions at a higher level um, then they may not need to get sick at all uh, maybe and maybe the illness or whatever's going on is not really theirs it's their person's right well so. yeah and that's one of the challenges we have with our animals is that because we can't speak english to them um, if we don't have a way of communicating with them then we we have a hard time knowing when they're in pain or when they're not feeling well and uh, a lot of them do a terrific job of disguising when they don't feel well. Yes, it's part of their survival instinct, you know, which is to maintain, be stoic, and just keep going, and it, as long as they can, right, until they just can't continue. Um, it's uh, when you can listen to them, when you can hear their voice, you know, and, and listening to them is the first step in solving problems with them. In the heart system, hearing their voice and knowing what they are thinking, what they're needing, what, how they're feeling, what kind of pain is it, you know, what makes it worse, what makes it better, where is it coming from, what's confusing, what do they really need, and until you have that conversation, you're really only chasing your tail and expensive guesswork. Sure, absolutely, I, I agree with that, but I do have to ask this question, Val, because I'm sure maybe... Maybe the people listening to this wouldn't feel this way, but I'm sure you get this question. Um, what about people who say, oh, yeah, right, Val, you can't talk to animals? Well, for them, they, you know, they're too close-minded to even be open enough to consider the possibility 
you know, what I love about this work, I have to tell you, is it's, you know, when you're working with a person uh, and you get an extraordinary or miraculous kind of a change, right, a shift in them that's dramatic or amazing, the skeptic will say, oh, well, it's subliminal or you just talked them out of it or it was all in their mind anyway. They didn't really feel pain, right? You, you can, they can always talk, just talk themselves out of, into disbelief, right? Um, but when you're working with an animal, uh, for instance, I had a client uh, uh, last year. Uh, she came to me, but she felt horrible and was in a lot of pain, and her dog could hardly get up. She was in so much pain, she just she didn't want to go for walks. She didn't want to get up. She could barely lift her head, had just no energy. You know, and I did a session with them, and at one point, my client starts laughing, and I said, what, what, what just happened? And she said, my dog, she, Pearl, just jumped up. She's dancing like a puppy. Um, she, she's got this exciting, fabulous, happy look on her face. Um, and she, I mean, clearly she's in no pain. <laughs> Whatever was wrong is gone. And that wasn't subliminal. You know, I mean, this is my client in Malibu, California. I'm in San Antonio. You know, it was a long-distance session. So, you know, when you, I look at the skeptic like that and I go, okay, how do you want to explain that? You know, how, what do you want to? Anyway, the point is, is to look at the results. Be open-minded enough and open-hearted enough to be willing to explore, do some research, right, find out. Um, not so open-minded that your brains fall out and not so closed-minded that nothing new can get in. Right? Absolutely. Good, good explanation. Thank you for sharing that. Um, because I, I knew I just had to ask the question because I figured somebody would probably ask it and likely it would be my husband. Um, but um, <laughs> okay. So I just figured I'd throw it out there just in case anybody was uh, thinking it and uh, and not saying it. Um, I personally, I mean, I don't have your skills, but I do feel like I know what my animals are thinking and saying to me, and certainly I can read their body language and they can read mine and. Um, and we seem to communicate um, very well. And, of course, having three horses, um, I know horses have been called some of the most intuitive of all animals. And um, what has your experience with horses been? Uh, you know, I fell in love with horses when I was five years old. <laughs> it's been a passion of mine my whole life. Um, you know, there's something about horses that is just magical. I, I don't know what it is. They're amazing therapy animals, right? I mean, they do all kinds of extraordinary work with with uh, people uh, in trouble. Um, but there's just something about them. They are sensitive uh, when they've been treated well. Um, they're kind-hearted. You know, they're good. They have a big, big heart with goodwill. You, you know what that term means? Yep. Goodwill, right? Yep. Um, it means that they'll do anything for you, right? Um, I don't know, it just there's something about them that's just extraordinary. And when you make that connection with them, you know, you're, you're in sync, you're dancing together. Um, here you have this, you know, 1,200-pound or whatever they weigh, uh, extraordinary being who chooses to play with you, you know, chooses to be with you. And if, if they don't choose to be with you, then there's something wrong in your relationship. Right? We need to fix something. Um, yeah, I, I do a lot of work with horses. Show horses are one of my specialties. Um, so if you've got a show horse or a horse that's not achieving their full potential, um, go to showhorseexpert.com. That's where I work with the horses. Um, I just I find horses amazing. What about just unruly horses? <laughs> unruly horses. There is a reason why they're acting out. There's a reason why they're unruly. And until we talk to them, we're not going to know why, right? It's just it's their viewpoint, their uh, their mindset, maybe their experience, something they heard in the barn, you know, over the water cooler kind of thing, or uh, who knows? It could come from anywhere. Worked with badly behaved and, and horses that act out and mystery lameness problems. Ever since I first got started as a professional in '93, um, you remember one of Cook's stories? Sure, absolutely. Well, when I was just getting started with this, I was called, uh, a friend of mine, uh, one of my mentors, took me over to the 
San Antonio Rose Palace. Uh, they were having a pre-Olympic trial competition. And I got to meet um, this wonderful world-class rider and trainer, and he had a fabulous horse there. They were competing at the Grand Prix level. And as soon as he heard what I could do, that I could talk to his horse, I could, I could hear, you know, his horse's thoughts. A horse whisperer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he started dragging me across the arena. He took me to his horse's stall, and he said, I want you to talk to my horse. You have to talk to my horse. I'm like, okay. Uh, so he said, here's the thing. My horse knows his job. He's really good at it. Uh, he's perfect in practice. But when we get in the show ring, he messes things up, and I cannot figure out why. What the heck is going on, right? So I turned to the horse, and I said, so what's the deal? Why are you messing this stuff up and showing? And the horse told me that he was angry at his person. He had three main things that he was upset about. He was being overworked in practice, wasn't being rewarded when he got it right, um, and there was some one other thing that he did that the guy did to him that pissed him off. <laughs> pissed him off. So uh, I said, "Okay, well, thank you so much for telling me. I'll tell the guy." So I did, and, and I asked the horse, "What do you what what's needed to make this right?" And he said, "I want an apology. I want an acknowledgement, and I want an apology." So I told the guy, and the guy got all upset. He was like, "Do you want me to apologize to my horse?" I said, "Oh yeah, that's what your horse wants." <laughs> um, the, so, he, so he looked at the horse and he said, all right, fine, I'm sorry. And the horse turned his butt to us, swished his tail like, uh-huh, no, that's not good enough. <laughs> it was so clear. The horse is like, uh, no, that's not going to cut it. So the guy left for a while to think about it. And about 15 minutes later, he comes back and he says, you know, giving us some thought, the horse is right on all accounts. Uh, I get it now. I'm, I'm truly sorry. I won't do that again. And the horse came over to him. He put his nose on the man's chest right over his heart. They hugged each other, and they went out, and they won their competition. Wow, that's a great story, and, and I'm sure that there's lots of horse lovers and, and other animal lovers out there that would say, I get that, absolutely. And um and I try to remember that when I'm riding with my horse to uh, to say thank you, to remember that yeah. you know she um, she's a part of that partnership and um, she deserves to be thanked for her participation. Absolutely, absolutely. Remember, they have very long memories, and for horses, especially in the consciousness of horse, if you break your word to your horse, they don't lightly let that go. Well, I may have to have you have a conversation with my horse, though, because she is doing something that is making me cuckoo, and um, I, need, I need to get to the, uh, to the bottom of it because she didn't always behave that way. And um, she is a rescue horse, of course, and um, so I think she has a lot of gratitude, but when she's being a little bit difficult, I'm wondering what's going on with her. Got it. You got it. Um, there is a free book on my showhorseexpert.com uh, show website called Seven Reasons Horses Act Out or Go Lame. Okay, good to, to know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you take a look at it. It'll give you some insight. Uh, those are all stories and tips that I've learned from horses, uh, from their viewpoint, why they do what they do. So, Excellent. Well, I want to remind our listeners that um, you are listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats on MixLR.com. If you have questions or comments, you can find us on Facebook at All My Children Wear Fur Coats. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt, and um, today we are talking with our special guest, Val Hart. She's the real-life Dr. Doolittle. And, Val, when we started talking at the beginning of the hour, um, I had mentioned that I'm sure that you have had conversations with pets who have lost their pet parents and um, maybe ended up in a situation wh- that was less than ideal. And maybe you could share with us and our listeners some of the thoughts or some of the stories that have been shared with you um, from pets who have lost their pet parents um, that would give us some insights for the best ways to take care of our pets. Great question. I've worked with animals who have lost their parents 
Right, and now they find themselves in a new situation, either at a shelter, with a different family member, you know, or maybe with some stranger. They don't even know. Um, and they don't know what happened. Right? They, they don't have a clue why they're here, what happened to my person, right? Person I came to be with, person I had purpose with, person I had a, um, a life journey with, what happened to my person? And nobody told them. They're depressed, they're sad, they're grieving. They don't know how to fit in, right? They don't know what's going to happen to them. Mm-hmm. So that, that's typically what happens uh, when someone dies or in, is incapacitated in some way, can't take care of them anymore. Um, and then I've also talked to people, like, like in your area of, of work, with uh, planning, uh, like so... Let's say you're planning what will happen for your pet if something happens to you, right? Mm-hmm. You need to give your pet a voice. They need to know what you're thinking and what would they like to do. Do you want to go stay with Aunt Sally or would you rather be with Uncle Dave, right? Do you feel any by any sense of purpose with one of the grandchildren, you know, that anyone in particular that you feel like would be best for you, right? Would If, if I'm not here for you to to be with anymore would what what do you want right um and having that conversation can help you number one when you're planning because then you know what direction to go and you have some confidence in who to ask what and why right um Uh you talk about backup plans and all of that i remember um one um a dear lady senior um senior citizen with a little beautiful white toy poodle and her husband had died of a heart attack and he died when he and the poodle were playing they were playing a game and he keeled over and then here comes the ambulance and the screaming sirens and you know and all of that and these strangers popped you know just blasted into the room and took over and whisked him away and she never saw him again and she thought she did something wrong she thought she killed him she thought he was never coming back because maybe whatever she's like a child Mm -hmm. what happened what did i do what where's daddy um and then she's freaking out and she's not consolable you know and her her mom contacted me oh it was at least at least six weeks maybe two months afterwards as the dog still hadn't calmed down she's still freaking out she's not okay and that was the conversation we had to have i had to tell her this is what happened right and when she got all her questions answered and we addressed the confusion and she felt relief because she knows she didn't make it happen right um or that he wasn't staying away just because of her bad self or something like that. Um, that that made all the difference. All of a sudden, she climbed up in her mom's lap. She settled down, and she was okay after that. She was, you know, she was okay. So uh, she had a different purpose, had a different connection with her mom, a different reason for being with her mom. And they went on to have a, a really good life together, what was left of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes, it makes all the difference in the world. Well, and I have been known to give advice to people when they say, you know, one of my pets has passed and my other pet, I believe the pet is grieving and I don't know what to do. And um, I've just innocently suggested, well, why don't you just tell your pet what happened to their friend? Because maybe they're wondering, you know, you went off to the vet that morning and you didn't come home with their friend. And maybe they don't know what happened. So I think uh, an explanation may be warranted. And um, and see if that helps. Well, and that's another really good point, Peggy. I'm glad you brought it up, which is what happens when they lose, like, a fellow dog or a fellow cat or, you know, the horse, um, you know, disappears and never comes home or, you know, their friend. Um, they need to know. If they don't see the body, they're not part of the transition process. They don't know. And then I work with animals who are terrified to go to the vet. And guess why? <laughs> The last time my mom took my, you know, friend to the vet, they never came home, you know, 
so I'm afraid to go to that. What, am I not going to ever come home? Are they going to leave me there? What are they going to you know, kill me? What? Wh- why? I don't. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't want to do this. <laughs> so it's a hugely, hugely stressful thing for them. And just like you said, you're so beautifully guided. Tell them. Tell them the story. Get my book, Hidden Secrets to Communicating with Pets. It will teach you how to tell them the story in a way they can understand. So that leads me into the question of since you can do this, can anybody learn how to do this, communicate with their pets? Absolutely. (laughs) Yes, you can. I'm so glad you asked. Um, You can totally learn how. Uh, You do not need to be psychic. Um, If you love animals, you have any sensitivity to them whatsoever or any caring about how they feel, if you have a notion that they might have something to tell you, then follow your gut, follow your intuition, follow your guidance, give it a try, see what happens. You can totally do it. All you need are the step-by-step, right? You need a little bit of guidance, how to get started, how it feels, what it looks like, what it feels like, so you know when you're doing it. Um, A little bit of coaching as far as how accurate am I and what I'm getting, right? Build your confidence. Um, and that's what we do in the coaching realm. So it's totally worth it. It's worth spending the money on. I mean, think of it this way. How much expensive guesswork have you done for your animal that you didn't that you did without having a conversation without really knowing what they needed? Right? That, that's expensive. <laughs> Absolutely. So, sure. Right? Right? Do they need a trainer? Do they need the vet? Right? Do they need a change of equipment or, you know, now you're having to replace destroyed stuff. Um, how about a conversation first? So it's totally worth it. Um, some people are afraid to know what their pet's thinking or feeling. You know, they, they just are. It's like, oh, my God, if they tell me what's really on their heart, I, they're, we're afraid that they might tell us something that would really hurt. Well, guess what? It's already hurting. How about we have a conversation about it so we can clear the air? Right? And mm-hmm. they may not be thinking at all what you're thinking. Right? right. Could be, be something entirely different. Yeah, exactly. You know, and then the other thing is, what does it take to communicate with an animal? It takes tuning in, centering, opening your heart, opening your mind, right? Resending and receiving information energetically back and forth, which, by the way, you're already doing. If you can look across a crowded room and see somebody that you instantly know is upset, grieving, angry, sad, agitated, and it's not about body language. Maybe they're just sitting there staring off into space, and you look at them and you immediately have a feeling, an an impression, that they're worried about something, right? Mm -hmm. That's it. That's the skill that we use. It's your intuition come alive. And so you can use it consciously and focus, and there you go. It opens a whole new world. So just extraordinary. So you can totally Very exciting. Yes, very exciting. So it, if this appeals to you, and if you are a person that wants to learn more about communicating with your pets, I suggest that you do visit Val's website at valheart.com. Lots and lots of resources on the site. And... Um, probably way more than you expected to find on this site. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, if you go to the blog, be prepared. You might get lost in there. There's a lot of information. <laughs> a lot of good stuff. Great stories. Good health tips. Good stuff on tips. Uh, the Learn How to Talk to Animals that site has its own blog. Uh, so, so much for you to play with and have fun with. And it will all make a difference. So, so yeah, well done. That is very fun. So tell us what your favorite story is regarding communicating with animals. Oh, there are so many, Peggy. How much time do we have? (laughs) 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 Pretty much every client is a favorite story, I I just have to tell you. Um, I'll tell you one of the stories about how I got started going way back. I was with a friend of mine. She's working with her horse, a beautiful black beauty of a Percheron mare. Uh, The mare had a very large knot on her hip. And and this is after I talked to my husband's, well, our two cats and and the scratching post uh, incident. 
our experience. So it was shortly after that, I'm out there with her, and we're working with the horse, and, and I'm holding the horse. It's just me, the horse, and my friend Charlene. And Charlene's working. She's a neuromuscular specialist, and she's working on um, melting the scar tissue and trying to figure out where this knot came from and how to resolve it. So that's what we're doing, right? It's a cold, rainy day in January here in San Antonio. And um, at one point, I heard the horse, I heard a voice in my head just as clear as you can hopefully hear me. Um, and Valkyrie had a comment about something we were saying. And it wound up that I had an extraordinary communication with Valkyrie about what happened to her hip. I asked her, I said, what happened? You know, where, where did this come from? We're, we're having trouble helping you. We don't quite know what to do. So where did it come from? What happened? And she, it's like, I, I felt like I was sucked into her mind. <laughs> she pulled me into her memories and she took me to the time and place where she was injured. And I smelled the dirt. I felt the heat of the Texas summer day. I saw the metal gate, I saw the enclosure, I saw the horse trailer, I saw the three men who were trying to load her in that trailer, and how angry she was. I felt her upset, her um, frustration, right? She didn't want to get on the, on the trailer, you might imagine. Anyway, she's dancing around, they're fighting, um, she bangs into this gate, and it hurt, 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 ouch! added to her anger unfortunately mm -hmm. anyway so that was the story and, and she's telling it to me and i'm feeling it like i'm experiencing it feeling it like i'm watching a, a movie a three-dimensional movie and i'm translating it as fast as i can so charlene understands too can hear it hear it too and at the end of the story valkyrie took a big breath and she lowered her head and she's looking and chewing and you know, blowing, and and uh, the, that big knot that was bigger than my fist in her hip, it literally simply disappeared right before our eyes. Wow. It, it dissolved. All of that story and pent-up anger and frustration and all that stuff got stuck in her tissues and her hip where she got injured, and until we were able to hear her story and honor and respect her and acknowledge her, what she'd been through she'd been unable to let it go and the instant she felt heard she could let it go and when she did it literally melted just gone it's fine she's fine amazing right that is amazing so and i i know there's plenty of uh horse lovers out there that uh, are probably going wow i wonder if something like that could help my horse yes yes it can <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. here's yeah. here's a question that I have because we Hi. are living in confused times today. Yeah. And is there anything we should be paying attention to with our animals at this particular point in time? Well, I think that one of the big things we need to know, most people have animals in their lives because of the love they bring into their lives, right? The sense of connection, um, the peace, the comfort, the unconditional love, the, all, all of those reasons why we have animals in our lives. And if you have animals in your life that you care about, I encourage you to pay attention to what your animals are trying to tell you. Pay attention to what they're saying and pay attention to what they're feeling and most of all, give them as much love as possible because they give you their heart, their love, and their lives in return. And so I really want to encourage everyone to go out and do what you can to help them and learn how to hear the messages they're here to give you. Animals mirror us. It's a phenomenon I call the human-animal-body-mind connection. So it just means that they pick up on your stress, your woundings, your disease, your illness, your pain your inner conflicts, they act them out or they carry it within their body or they are in reaction to us. So when they're trying to get our attention, it's because they have something important to tell us. They can help us. And when we do that, 
It makes us better people. It helps us heal and evolve and grow. Does that make sense? Yep, absolutely. And when when I hear you say that they mirror us, um, it always reminds me of this story where I was going to an event where we were going to do some energetic work with horses. And there was a gal who was coming along on this event, and um, she was afraid of horses. And, in fact, her husband had told her, you better be careful because the horse is going to bite you. And and so she had asked me if she could come out and meet my horses ahead of time just to be around horses a little bit. But she could not let go of this idea that the horse was going to bite her. And sure enough, we we went to this event, and she was working with this lovely horse, and lo and behold, that horse did bite her. And and the only reason I can really feel like that happened is because that horse was mirroring what she was seeing and feeling. Yep, absolutely. The message she was broadcasting to the horse over and over and over is, bite me. (laughs) <laughs> not in a fun way, right? Like we right. sometimes say I mean, and this like horse had, Yeah, this horse had never bet anyone in his entire life. No, exactly. And so, but the communication and the story running in her with a fear, which gives it a really strong uh, impetus and a really strong, um, powerful kind of a signal, was about him or the horse biting her. And so he was like, well, if you really want me to, okay. It's the, it's the same thing about, you know, we want to tell the dog not to get on the couch. Don't get on the couch. Don't get on the couch. Don't get off, you know, get off the couch. Don't get on the couch. All they hear is on the couch. Right. That's all we focus on. That's all we're thinking about. Um, they don't get the don't part so much. They just keep getting the message about being on the couch. So there they are on the couch going, why are you upset? You, uh, you know, you keep telling me about being on the couch. I don't get it. So, you know, that's why we have to have the conversations if we don't really know what they know that they're getting from us and what part of the problem is ours. We change the story so they can show up as they truly are. They don't have to play the role that we've designed for them, which, like your friend, you know, or, or like the person that kept going with the story about being bitten, you know, that wasn't even her story. It, was it wasn't. Story. It was. No, Somebody else had put that in her mind. And, I mean, I just always think of that. And um, and I think you're right. They don't hear the don't part. They just hear the on the couch or pee on the floor or um, jump up on me or whatever those things are that we're saying don't or no to. Right. Exactly. Uh, want a tip? I'll give you all a tip. Sure. If you've got, if you've got something like that going on, then change the story. Notice what you don't want to have happen anymore, right? I don't want you jumping on the couch. I don't want you biting me. <laughs> I don't want you jumping on me. Um, change the story to what you do want. What they're missing, the part they're missing, is the positive. What do you want? You know? Oh, I want you to uh, uh, lay on your, go to your dog bed, right? Or I want to feel safe snuggling up next to you um, knowing that you're taking care of me with the horse, right? Um, I want you to guide me and show me what to do so I feel more confident, right? Um, maybe something like that? I think that's a good lesson for all of us is um, don't tell them what you don't want, but show them what you do want. Right. Well, one of the ways I get, I solve problems with that, we do talk about what you don't want so that they understand the context they get the importance. We can explore the consequences of that behavior, which is why the person was so upset about it to start with. And once they get that, they go, oh, now it makes sense. Okay, well, and then what did, What do you want? And then now we can tell them what we do want. I remember two show dogs I worked with, they, um, were they German point, uh, pointers, I think. Anyway. They were chasing cars. They got all excited about chasing cars. And I had the conversation with them about chasing cars and why their person was yelling at them, which they're hearing it like, oh, my person's barking. Listen to them barking. <laughs> yelling. 
Um, and uh, they just felt the excitement. They felt more excitement. So they thought they were doing the right thing. So when I explained to them clearly what the consequences are that the person was afraid of, they they got they, both their ears perked up. They're like, what? Oh, my God. We could get run over? Right. Yeah. Oh, what? That car doesn't even know we exist? What? We thought we were chasing it away. We thought we were, you know, um, and I'm going, uh, no, the car does not care. <laughs> it will run over you. Um, it will not even hardly notice, uh, and then you will be dead or broken or bloodied, and your life, you're going to, yeah, it's going to suck, and you're going to break your people's hearts. You know, don't be, and you're smarter than that. Don't be stupid. This is not okay. And then we told them what they did want, you know. Ah, here's the car. Ask, ignore it. Stay out of its way. You know what? They never chased another car in their life. Excellent. Really so happy to right. hear that. Right. Yeah, so when you do it right, you know, when you have those conversations the right way, everything changes. That, and they go back to the skeptic. You say, okay, how would you like to explain that? <laughs> you know, it either works or it doesn't work. That's it. So, bottom line. Well, and I, th I think that's a, a good note to uh, end on is when you when you hear the conversation the right way, everything changes. Yeah, thank you. Beautifully said. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's wonderful. So today we are talking with our fabulous Val Hart, the real-life Dr. Mm -hmm. Doolittle. We've been talking about communicating with your animals. If you want more information, please visit Val's site at Val Hart, H-E-R-T. H-E-A-R-T, just like your heart, dot com. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's got all kinds of excellent stories on here about um, successes and people raving about her um, uh, her experiences with their pets. And, and I just want each and every one of you to be able to take advantage of that. Um, it's been such a pleasure, Val, having you on the show today. And um, I just thank you so much. Thank you. I'm so glad we had this time together. And I want to thank you and everyone listening for loving and caring about animals. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Absolutely. So thanks for listening. You're listening to All My Children Wear Fur Coats on MixLR.com. You can find us on social media, on Facebook at All My Children Wear Fur Coats, on Twitter at Kids in Fur Coats. And if you want more information about Animal Care Trust, you can go to AnimalCareTrustUSA.org or reach out to me, Peggy Hoyt, at the Law Offices of Hoyt & Bryan. I'll be here every Monday at 3 o'clock. You know my motto, until there are none, please adopt one. And I'll see you next week. Happy tails. Thank you for joining us on Pet Will Radio. Visit PetWillRadio.com for updates on shows, links to previous shows, inspirational stories, videos, and more. Until next time, take care.